0: Love, talk, radio. Our, our country is in chaos because we have leaders who are in chaos with themselves. We are in need of a people who are choosing to follow God instead of following man. You, you never see change happen until you begin to make change happen. And unfortunately, that hasn't been done in the church You're listening to Zero today with Pastor Lorenzo T Neal Good evening and welcome to my fam all around the world. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Zero today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I am your humble host, Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present to you with uh Seeds of Wisdom and Insight, Empowerment and Liberation. We're promoting knowledge that is engaging and transforming. We're empowering you. That's our goal. Our goal is to empower you, the listener, to be uh, know about your world, to be involved in your world, but most of all, to impact the world around you. And we want to say thank you for joining us today on this glorious Monday evening here in our great world. God has blessed us to see another day, and I'm just excited about it. I'm glad. It's still. You know, so much going on. And we got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get into that. But I, I want to say thank you, and I'm glad that you are sharing in the broadcast with us. Again, you're always welcome to join us in this illuminating journey. Uh, call us, call our phone line, 917 388 4293. And hopefully in the future, guys, hopefully in the future, we'll be uh, upgrading. We're always trying to upgrade, uh, you know, to be a benefit, a better blessing to you, our listening audience. But join us, call the line. Uh, we're having some problem with the chat line at the moment, but we're going to try to get the chat room open. So, uh, if you want to, you can call in and you can join us in the chat room as soon as we get that up and running. Um, uh, always we welcome you to send us emails, uh, send us emails, get us fake us uh, all kind of fe- uh, feedback, you know. Uh, email Pastor Lorenzo at gmail dot com. Let me slow it down just a little bit because I'm kind of oh boy, I, I had a I've been wound up all day today. So let me slow down just a little bit so <laughs> so I won't be starting to stammer or stammer and all that stuff. But like, like I was saying, you could uh, send us an email, Pastor Neal at gmail dot com. Join us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Twitter, twitter dot com uh, slash prophesy. Facebook. Send us feedback. We really appreciate Guys, you guys have really, you have really been helping the show grow, and we just want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we're always trying to do better, and you guys are really helping us. And remember, anytime you miss a live broadcast, if you can't join us and you can't get to some uh, – you can't be in live – there's always an archive broadcast on blogtalkradio.com. You can hit us up at or You can follow, uh, you can catch the archive broadcast. But we just want to let you know we are here and we're going strong in the name of the Lord. And on that note, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Before we go into any broadcast, we just like to start off with prayer. Uh... So that he could lead us and guide us in the way that we should go. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify. We bless you. Our soul makes her boast in you. We say thank you for every good and every perfect gift that you've done. Actually, you bless all those who are in need today, Father God. Bless all those who are listening and those who will be listening. God, that you would just be glorified in everything we say and do, it may be pleasing to years. And as always, as we say, words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord our rock and redeemer. Amen. Listen, I'm excited about today, but <coughs> I, we've had a busy weekend and you know, February, Black History Month, all kind of programs going on and um this month across uh the African Methodist Episcopal Church, uh we're observing the founding of our great Zion. Found and the birth of our uh, the founder of our church, uh, the Right Reverend Bishop uh, Richard Allen. So you know it's been a lot going on, trying to get there and back, all these programs and things of that nature. But I ain't tired yet. Uh, my doctor has placed me on uh, some things to kind of help me get a little focused. I I didn't tell you I got ADD, eight, adult ADD, and hard for me. Uh, it's hard for me to say focus sometimes you know, keep stealing all that stuff, but <laughs> thanks be to God for some medicine uh got a lot accomplished, but I tell you sometimes the side effects of the medicines are not worth it uh <laughs> but that's just me uh there's always a lot of news going on and, 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 and you know this middle east thing has been getting to me uh, have you been following i hope you have been following the middle east uh uh revolts i don't i don't I can't think of a very better word to. To say of it, I mean it's got some people going crazy uh, it has we're witnessing history in the making that's the part I love about it you know, we're, we're actually witnessing this happen, and we're watching dictator regimes or whatever you want to call them, we're watching them kind of fall apart as people, you know, the people are crying out for uh, more freedom and what's interesting is that it's been happening in Muslim countries you know, Uh and that's the phenomenal thing you know uh suppression uh, suppression is never good anywhere but suppression in a pla- in a in a land where suppression has you know has been the norm has been uh the rule is it, coming to an end or it's it's trying to come to an end and uh it's just interesting where it's happening uh, uh you know starting in Tunisia and then it moved from Tunisia to Egypt, and it's moved from Egypt to Yemen, from Yemen to Libya, and 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 I was watching the news earlier day about Libya, and the boy uh, is is just something, uh, you know. <clears throat> they are not. That, I mean, the, the the people, the the guys who are in control of these countries are putting up a very steadfast resistance. And, you know, Libya, uh, Libya's leader, Gaddafi, uh, Omar Gaddafi, you know, he, he what <laughs> just the name in itself, you know, it's, it's funny to me. But, uh, you know, he, his son got on television saying uh, if the people want to revolt, then we're going to put them down. They might as well be, re- be prepared for it, you know. And, you know, I'm, of course, I'm really paraphrasing what he said. But that's the gist of it, you know, saying if they want to fight, we'll give them a fight. Uh, we're in control, and it's, it's amazing. It never fails to ma- amaze me. Uh, and people don't, you know, people don't realize that. But dictators will do anything in their power to stay in power, and we're we're seeing that in the Middle East. And unfortunately, for Mubarak um, in Egypt, although he tried his best to retain power despite all the uprisings against him and the protests against him and the demands for him to step down he had to he eventually gave into the pressure and, and i'm just wondering to see what will happen uh in uh in libya and all these other places where uh the people are crying out they're throwing you know they're going against the government but you know this is nothing new and we're talking about africa here and when i when i when i say i'm talking about we're talking about Africa here. You gotta understand the fact that uh, that that for the past hundred years or so, there's been those kind of revolts. Now uh, we're not even talking about you know the things that happened in Rwanda, Sudan. That's that's going on in the Sierra Leone region and the Congo region. All those other areas where people are, th- are dying There's mass genocide in those areas, and you know that went unnoticed. For, for for years, it went on it went unnoticed. And even when the people were trying to rise up against these, uh, you know, the the those rulers who were oppressing them, killing them, and doing all this stuff, uh, forcing their children into into uh not slavery, but forcing them to to fight for the army, you know. And, and you had little boys and little girls, you know, losing their lives and and losing their whole childhood to to murderous acts. That went, un, that went unreported for a long time, and it wasn't until you know, it wasn't until there was great demand by most of the people who were invested in those you know the country's natural resources, <laughs> you know what I mean, the gold, the, the diamonds, whatever else, those you know those natural resources, and they were having problems getting them that they began to cry out to the U.S. and to the U n for uh, support. Now, um, my my thing is, I'm just wondering how it's going to be. I'm I'm wondering how it's going to be with uh, our lighter-skinned African brothers and sisters. Uh, Will uh, you know? They're getting a lot of media attention, and and they're you know we 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 seeing one dictator out, and they're trying to get others out with the help of the U.S. media or or the international media. But uh, you know, we didn't we didn't have this kind of uproar. In the 90s when Rwandans were killing each other, (laughs) you know, I'm just saying, I'm just just saying, that's just me. So I'm just wondering uh, what kind of international support would that be and how, you know, and how this is going to play out. Because this is history in the making and this is, uh, you know, it's phenomenal to watch. But again, just continue to lift up our brothers and sisters in the Middle East. They uh, they 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 need your prayers. And, uh, a lot going on. And speaking of brothers and sisters, uh, I got a lot of i got a lot of things I want to talk about. I'm I'm splitting this up into two segments today, actually. Uh, I I posted I want to talk about uh, is your pastor a predator. But before I get into that, because I I know quite a few of you you, uh, probably, when you saw what we were going to be talking about, uh, quite a few of you probably thought that – yeah, this is going to be an interesting broadcast, and I'm 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 quite sure it it will be. So you know, y'all get ready for that one. <laughs> get ready for this topic. I I'm serious; you're going to enjoy it. But uh, before we get into that topic, before we get into that topic, uh, there there's been some events that's been happening in the field of education that I I just felt I had to address. Um, and and because I'm an educator and I've been around education. You know you know all of us have been around education if we gotta you know we get to school but um uh, you know there there is no argument that our our, our American public school system is in serious serious uh disarray. It's a big quagmire and um and there's so much that can be done to correct it that we're not doing uh there's so much you know, it's a bureaucratic thing. It's it, it it you know, it's a lot going into it. But I, I've been reading the art some articles and you know, watching the news and things of this nature. Um and I, I came across something uh uh last week uh that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh the the North Carolina's in particular the rally uh chapter of the north carolina NAACP, uh they they host an annual uh rally in um in riley charlotte and um in all that, in that in that area uh i want to make sure yeah it's, it's in it's in the riley in the in the that uh, tri area they host the an annual uh march they've been doing it for about a good five years or so and uh, the purpose of the march is to kinda of to bring to attention uh the inequities of society in that area, in particular education. Now, last year, March 2010, uh, the Wake County School Board uh, voted to uh, do away with its diversity busing program uh, policy. Now, diversity busing. It's just a fancy way of saying they were taking black kids from one place and busing them to another school, and they were taking white kids from one place and busing them to another school. And they voted to uh, end that practice. And their argument was that they voted because, you know, one, it was a fiscal thing, you know, trying to save some money. Of course, it's always about money. Well, we can't – Where can we cut – Cut things and you know not hurt too many people, so they were saying they were going to try to save some money. but the other argument was that the decrease in population of white students in certain schools uh presented this opportunity for them to uh reevaluate the busing program the policy that they had uh, because it appeared that you know there was an imbalance. Between uh the uh race population ethnic populations of schools now of course uh, that was cold word for oh, you're trying to resegregate the schools for uh black folk, you know you know how we black folk get you know anytime we feel intimidated or any anytime we feel that something is going to be something that we value, a sacred cow of ours is going to be. Uh, done away with, even if it does need to be done away with. And in this case, some, you know, in most cases, some of it needs to be done away with. Uh, you know, we—that's ra- the only time we raise a fuss. We gotta have something to get mad about and the NAACP had something to get mad about. Now mind you those who are listening who are members of the NAACP or any other uh organization that is uh committed to building up the uh uh the the, the helping uh people of color. I am not knocking you. I'm I'm not please don't misunderstand. I am not knocking you. I'm not talking about I'm I you know, I'm not trying to put you in a bad light. I'm just bring you know, I'm just I'm just discussing it. The fuss was raised and it came across to them as the Wake County schools attempting to resegregate segregate the schools. I, I don't know how they got it, but, you know, got that, but I, I, I try to put myself in their perspective. I, I just couldn't do it. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just couldn't do it. Uh, the reality is that there are so many school districts across the country that uh, it's, it's becoming a national trend. Uh, to you know, uh, they're backing off of the attempts to bring about diversity. It's, you know, they're, they're 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 kind of slacking in their efforts. And, and I, I'm gonna be honest with you, if they're slacking in their efforts or if they're trying to discontinue, uh, discontinue efforts to. Maintain diversity in in public schools in any area, then yes, you should get on that case, you should jump on that case you should let it be known uh this needs to happen, but you know at the same time, we need to have a kind of reality you know reality check uh now, this is what they said uh 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 it, it you know they're trying to do racial balances, so i me, I just wanted to find a little bit more uh. And so I did some research and I, I found out that in two thousand seven, um, the Supreme Court uh they issued a decision regarding this. Uh and, and now mind you this is before the policy changed, but but uh apparently it was it was, you know, had been addressed before, had been concerned before, had had been uh had gone to court and you know, it had gotten appealed all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court in two thousand seven they found that school districts can't pursue integration policies uh, uh, using students' race as a basis. Can't do it. Neither can they use busing as a means to uh, accomplish uh, this um, integration, whatever it So I, I thought that was interesting. And, of course, I kept digging, and the more I dig, the more I found. And, and I came up with this uh, – I came up, I, I found this here, and I'm going to let you hear this this clip. This clip is from, um, uh, what's the name of the show? I can't say is it. It's Aliana. I think that's how it is. Anyway, came across this show, and they were talking about this. And I, I want you to listen to this, uh, what uh, this particular professor says about uh, his insight into um, segregated schools. All right. Check it out.
1: Research has found that schools today are more segregated than ever based on class. Many states have overturned their laws to force integration by busing students in from poorer neighborhoods, and no rich parent wants to make their kids travel far, even though research shows that students in diverse schools often fare better when it comes to grades and graduation rates. So could segregation be one of the reasons that education is in so much trouble in America? And if so, what's to be done? We're here to discuss it with me. I have Christopher Chambers, the author of the blog, Nat Turner's Revenge. Professor Chambers, thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, Like I said, segregation by race is now illegal, and yet segregation by class seems to exist in America. But why is it not talked about as much? Is it just harder to to pinpoint, to really put a finger on this?
2: Uh, I don't think it's hard to pinpoint, I mean, historically, when you had Jim Crow, Um, Segregation. It was called de jure segregation. It meant the government enforced it. This is something that has been with us since there have been slaves and settlers in, in this country before it was a country, but it was codified fairly recently. When I mean fairly recently, there was what they called de facto segregation, where people were set aside and discriminated against, and the law kind of caught up with that maybe 200 years ago. And after the Civil War, there was no there were no laws basically saying blacks had to go to separate schools until they codified that so in other words it was the government it was government action it was this de jure that latin term segregation that was made illegal by brown versus the board but the quote de facto segregation that's always been with us so it's very interesting how you know people use that distinction because then it becomes well if the government's not involved then we don't need to regulate it. We don't need to worry about it. The, on the other hand, the class distinction, that involves might involve, say, middle class black people versus uh, inner city black people or more educated, more, uh, let's just say, um, assimilated Latinos in California versus recent immigrants. So you have that angle coming in on top of it too. And it complicates it. It complicates it a lot.
1: I think that is one of the biggest problems here that people don't realize is where it uh, pins certain minorities against other minorities. These aren't the people that you expect to be uh, against each other.
2: Well, no. I mean, it, and what I try to do, and I've, I've covered this in the mainstream media, and there, this really isn't talked about. In American mainstream media, for some reason, because race has always been uncomfortable. It's always been our serpent in the Garden of Eden, so to speak. Well, now what you have are the racism angle, where you do have predominantly wealthier white school districts that don't want to have minority students brought in. Then you have minorities in, in maybe even intra minority conflict because you might have people who are doctors, lawyers, government workers here in the District of Columbia, in the capital of the United States, who say, look, I don't want my kids going to school with other black people who I feel aren't uh, behaving properly or poor or behaving coarsely or or, or even criminal behavior. So you have the racism angle, but then there's the classism angle. I try to separate them because I think they are two different things.
1: But do you think, uh, for example, many states had had forced integration programs, where, like we said, these students would be bused in from far away, and however many states have also now retracted those laws. So why have they done that? Is that because people put so much pressure on them, despite uh, the statistics that show that these diverse schools uh, help students? There there,
2: there I I take it out of the classism range. It is in the racism range. Because there what you have was the Supreme Court saying, You could not use this really extraordinary remedy of busing to to enforce diversity, which went against years of prior Supreme Court precedent. And there it was just political. There it was the conservatives in charge of the court.
0: All right. uh, You you heard this this guy talking here. And you you heard the discussion. Uh, It's gone from – it's gone from – uh, racial discrimination, uh, segregation to class discrimination, uh, segregation, and and it, it, you you know we might as well be honest with ourselves. That's how it is. That's that's just the reality. Uh, we black folk, we don't you know we get a little little some something, something, get a little education, get a little money, we get all these things, and uh, we want to move on, and we you know we don't want to be bothered with our past. Some of us, <laughs> you know, what yeah, that's the reality, and. White folk, of course, has never changed. They some of them never really wanted us in our schools, and they still don't want us in our school, in their schools rather, not in our school, but in their schools. And they do it all. They show it. They show that they don't want us because they're always, they always think about how they treat young black men and young black women. Most you know black students in the schools, uh, not just public schools, but even in the private schools. You know, uh, I, I think about how they. You know, I just think about how they use black students. For athletes, you know, most of, most of the students who go to uh, private schools, parochial schools that are black, are athletes. They were recruited for the schools because of their talents and abilities, and they are aided in the academic area because they know the 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 coaches know, you know the principal know that you know that they need their player to to perform well in in the classroom so they can continue to perform well. Uh, on the basketball court and the, on a football field, wherever it may be, that's just a reality. And you know, uh, busing. I, I'm gonna tell you, when I was in my hometown, they they had busing. They they had busing, uh, and it was always funny to me because you know you had a couple of people live just a few blocks away who went to a whole different school, uh, <laughs> uh, and one on way on the south side of the town had opportunity. You know, were scheduled for they they were. They were zoned for uh, a predominantly white school way on the north side of town, and it, you know it, it got expensive, of course. But uh, you know they never changed, but they got you know of course they always had good athletes and whatever you may be. But that just that's just the way it is. Things not change. Look, I'm gonna take a quick break. In uh, you can call into the show and join us in the chat room. Uh if you wanna continue this subject and, and if, if you know we might talk about it a little bit more, but I really want to get into the uh the next segment. Is your pastor a predator? Oh my god. I think that's gonna be a good one. So we're gonna take a quick break. And um while while we're taking this break, uh y'all be getting ready for the discussion. And make sure you're ready because I'm ready, ready, ready. Be right back after this message. Hey, friends. Uh, If you're like me, you have a lot of stuff on your computer. And I'm always writing papers. I'm always uh, doing a lot of stuff. And I've gotten into amateur composing. But about a week ago, my computer crashed on me. And when I say it crashed, you know, I was going crazy. I almost thought I wouldn't be able to do anything. But I didn't have to panic Uh, because of two things. One, I backed everything else. Uh, I backed everything up. But uh, <laughs> I also had saved my things to Carbonite online since 2006. Carbonite has backed up over 80 billion, 80 billion files, and uh, it's easy because now you don't don't have to worry about stuffing things through stacks of CDs or going through all your CDs or DVDs to see if you have it backed up. Uh, Carbonite uses the same encryption technology used in online banking and e-commerce. E commerce transactions. It's safe uh, on site storage. Your backed up files are stored in uh, their highly secure data centers. It's protected from their fire spills and other home and office disasters. It's fast, it's simple, and easy file recovery. And if anything's happened to any file, Carbonite finds it automatically in the backup and puts it back on your computer right where it needs to be. It's just a few simple, easy steps. And right now, you can try Carbonite for free for 15 days. By sampling, uh, by simply visiting their website, www.carbonite.com. I'm telling you, I love it. I'm thankful for it. I use it. I'm quite sure that you would too. So get a chance. Go check out carbonite.com and back up all your computer gift uh, things.
3: What's your policy? Liberty Mutual.
0: All right, welcome back to the is
4: your
0: pastor predator. Uh now I, I know most of us when we when we hear about uh pastors being predators automatically we probably start thinking about the Catholic Church, you know, and their their, their abuse scandals that was going on uh in uh, the 2000s, you know, in in that decade. Uh but you'd be surprised how how big a issue uh clergy misconduct is. Now that's the fancy i I'm gonna use that fancy word clergy misconduct um how it is you know uh and I don't just want to limit it because uh yeah, when we think about predators uh what what you know what do you mean by predator i'm I'm talking about pastors who 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 uh try to use vulnerable people they take advantage of them and and when I'm talking about predator you know i'm just i'm not just talking about yeah it, it's in a sexual way it's in a financial way. What about, you know, we always we, we always know about the pastors, you know, sexual things and yeah, that's that's no big deal cuz some of us probably much pretty much gotten used to that. Uh but what about the pastor that's controlling? What about the pastor that's manipulating? What about the pastor that's uh excessively greedy? Always asking you to make the sacrifices. That's what we're talking about. Is your pastor a predator? How can you tell if your pastor is a predator? Uh, uh what 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 should you be looking for what how how do you know and if that if your pastor is a predator uh what should you be doing uh, how should you be dealing with that um how should you be um what should you address it should you run from it uh, you believe you'd be surprised how many people who are in the church are victims of clergy abuse uh yeah they are victims of clergy abuse and they keep their mouth shut and they keep their mouth shut because they want to protect their pastor. Uh, uh, and you know, here's the thing they always say touch not God's anointed, uh, touch not God's anointed. And that they've been interpreting that to mean that you don't talk about the preacher, you don't talk about his action, you don't talk about any of that. The reality is you need to be talking about it because it's happening and it's happening more frequently than we would care to admit. It's happening uh, in, in, in in ways that we don't want to admit, neither confront, but it is happening. And I think we need to address that. Um, and, and you know what? It's not just happening in the Catholic Church. Now, the Catholic Church just happens to be the wealthiest and the most recognized. And the Catholic Church just happens to be, uh, you know, the model and... What everybody tries to emulate, and you know, putting that kind of pressure on men and, and women who are nuns, you know, those who take those vows of celibacy, uh, putting that kind of pressure is hard. Now, uh, here's the good thing, you know, uh, it's not it's not that it's ignored, but it, it happens. Uh, but you know, the Catholic Church has addressed it, but it's happening in every 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 church. Every denomination, uh from Southern Baptist to uh even in, in my in, in my great Zion, uh AME Church, African Methodist Episcopal Church, and uh even in the good old sanctified churches like the Church of God in Christ, it's happening. And and, and, and you know, yes, it, ministers are not just you know just not praying on uh the children they're not just praying on children i'm talking about they're praying on adults too you know and it's a lot going on uh, my good friend um uh, my my good friend pastor dl foster uh uh he he's with witness freedom ministries and he's been on the show uh, been one of our guests and uh he hit on his blog uh gay uh christian watch movement he he has he has really really brought the issue of clergy misconduct clergy abuse clergy sexual abuse uh he brought it to the eyes of the public and particularly you know uh more 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 so in the in the church of god in christ than uh in any other denomination um you know and, there's a lot going on. Let, let me, show, you know, there's there, there's the um there's the, uh I think about the story of uh, Reverend Sherman Allen who who was the pastor, he was a pastor in um an up and coming pastor in in um the Church of God in Christ in, in Dallas Texas uh in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and basically what what happened was you know he was uh, sexually abusive to some of his student, uh some of his congregants, you know he and he was a freaky one at that. Uh, but he was doing some things and uh that that um were ungodly, totally ungodly and and you know, it went unspoken for a long time until people finally, you know finally got the courage to speak up about what was happening and and you know, they said that. And they, they, they went public. Went public and of course uh, he had to uh, be accountable for his actions uh, in the legal system. Uh, uh, that's just one example, but um, there are countless examples of of, of uh, pastors, ministers, clergy persons who take advantage of those that they are supposed to be serving. The sad thing is that most of those who are being taken advantage of continue to allow it to happen. And when they allow it to happen, it's, it becomes so frequent that, you know, it's okay, it's just another thing. Uh, I like to think about a, a, a couple of times, you know, being in the pastor's study and uh, you just hit some of the things you hear. <laughs> some of the preachers talk about, you know, not just in the, you know, of course, some of them talk about their sexual conquest. Some of them talk about, uh, you know, how they get money from the people. And some of them talk about how they live off the people, all that stuff all that stuff. And mind you, again, I'm not attacked. I'm a pastor. When I'm attacked pastors, pastor so I, don't, I don't want to attack, but I, I think it, it should be brought to the you know, the issue should be addressed. Uh, uh, Michael Eric Dyson, he, he talks about this. He wrote about this in, in one of his uh, essays. And uh, he puts forth this story. He says that he was a young preacher, you know, a young Baptist preacher and uh, he was had the privilege of being able to sit in the back with the big preacher, you know, the pastor and the visiting preacher. And uh, while they were, uh, uh, they, after the service, you know, the preacher had come and he had preached, uh, preached the church on fire. And, and, you know, got them all Holy Ghost filled and, and they were, you know, led them to the mountaintop. And as soon as they got from the mountaintop, they went into the back room, you know, into the pastor's study. And, and he had the privilege of going into the pastor's study. And... When they got into the pastor's study and they were talking about how 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 wonderful the service was and how 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 great you know the people were responding to the preacher and and, and the preacher was like yeah it's good it's good and and he 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 said but I noticed this woman you know and, and I want to know if you can help me get that woman you know I I you know, I want to get with that woman tonight and. According to his writing, you know the way he wrote it, uh, the pastor assisted him in getting that woman, the, that woman that he desired. And I'm quite sure that goes on in a lot of pul- in a lot of pastor studies uh, across the country, across the world. Uh, but it, 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 we, you know, a- as a preacher, we're not only. Uh, We're not only obligated to God, but we're obligated to to the law of the land and to ethical and moral behavior. Now, we fall short. I'll be the first to admit to to you. I I know what it's like to fall into uh, clergy misconduct, unethical behavior, uh, uh, wrong relationships with the wrong persons. I I know what it's like inside the church, not outside the church. I'm talking about inside the church. I I know what it's like. I can talk about it because I'm free. So if y'all go talk about me, that's all right. I don't care. I'm free, and who the son says free is free indeed. But um, uh, so many people get abused. I, uh, you know, sometimes pastors get too much power, get too much authority, and you know, uh, there's always somebody fighting in church because the pastors don't want to get. Uh, and more recently, there was some, um, there was a church uh, where the fault, the fight, excuse me fight led to uh excuse me you know uh, uh the, the argument led to fighting inside the church and outside the church and the pastor wouldn't leave and you know just typical church drama uh but but there there there, there are times when when people allow the pastor to take advantage of them and when that pastor is not uh Following according to the commands of God, as as what the requirements of ministry are, and yeah, you're gonna have all kind of chaos. Um, and I, I I thought about this. I say, well, the scripture address does does the scripture address clergy misconduct? Yeah, and right off the top, yeah, you know, I, I, first thing that comes to mind is First Timothy. Uh, first Timothy, where when it talks about the qualifications for a bishop. And if you've studied, you know, language long enough, you know simple simple uh language, you understand that uh the bishop is synonymous with the pastor, it's just synonymous with the elder. That word in the Greek presbyterios, means the same thing. Uh pretty much the uh same thing. Uh but we just we've gotten more distin you know, we've distinguished it more now. So we've set the order of elders, the bishop and all et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. But when you go into that scripture and you read the qualifications for the scripture uh for uh for bishop it says they must be blameless the husband of one wife temperate sober minded uh good behavior Hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, gentle, not quarrelsome, not, quarrel, uh, not covetous, one who can take care of his own house, uh, even and and have his children in order. Because if you can't have his children in order, you can't have the house of God in order. And um, uh, he shouldn't be puffed up. I think that's what it says. Uh, not not a not a a beginner, not a novice. Shouldn't be puffed up, unless uh, uh, if he gets puffed up, he'll fall into condemnation and temptation from the devil or the snare of the devil. Um, so that, that gives the, that gives the qualification. But look what it, I mean: not violent, not greedy for money, uh, uh, good behavior, sober minded. Now, ask yourself: Is your pastor like that? And, and, and before you answer that question you got to understand we pastors we know how to fake the fun because we have a different persona when we get up to preach. I for for me for example, uh you know, I'm a whole different person when I preach. A whole different person. Uh you know, when I when you if you were to see me and talk with me in conversation, you would never think that I am a uh the type of uh preacher that I am. But it it's just, you know, we know how to, we we have a different persona, a preaching persona, you know. And we always uh, we joke about when we're talking a conversation and uh, try to get a little loud, say use your preacher voice, like we tell kids use your outside voice. <laughs> but um, before you answer the question, uh, you need to ask, ask yourself. I, I'm not talking. Don't ask yourself. Uh, Yeah, my man of God, my woman of God is, is you know, they, they're sweet, they're this, this, that, that, that. Uh, how well, you know, you ask the question, what what are the signs? Well, sometimes the signs are not always visible. Uh, I, You can't always tell somebody's manipulating you until you have been manipulated because, you know, they can talk you into doing what they want you to do. Uh, You know, you can't tell that someone is uh there are many cases where you know you know the preacher the, the the couple the wife the husband or the the young lady young man goes in for counseling and the, you know the preacher you know sits them down and presents the the uh Aura concern that they don't get, and the next thing you know, it goes from being a spiritual thing. Well, I'm gonna pray for you. We pray uh, to going into uh, you know, where you know, it gets physical and, and doesn't always have to turn into sexual, uh, but it you know it can't leave there. But they take advantage of that, and, and then you be you know, they know that you need them, almost like a Kobe codependent behavior uh you know you they they manipulate to get that and uh, now what about the preachers who do pray on the you know for sexual gratification and there are those there was plenty who pray who who prey on their 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 members for sexual gratification you know they're gonna sleep with all the women they can they're gonna get with all the you know now because some people you don't know which way they go <laughs> you don't know which way they go uh they try to get all the gratification they can. I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, uh, we're going to continue the discussion. I'm call in, 917, excuse me, Nine one seven three eight eight uh 4293 That's our number for you to call in and be in a discussion. Join us in the chat room, blog talk, uh, blogtalkradio.com, in the chat room. Send us an email. We want to get your inside comments. Don't be scared to call in. Call in. Let us know what you're thinking. Be right back after this. Do you have ideas? you like to see a put book form? Do you have a book idea that you help putting it together? Are you an aspiring author looking to publish your own works? The Xero Publishing Company is what you have been looking for. Since 2004, Xero has been helping aspiring authors bring their ideas to life. We are a self-publishing and author consulting company dedicated to sowing and growing your ideas into print. Our rates are reasonable and our service is excellent. For more information, visit www.zerapublishing.webs.com. Sewing and growing your ideas in the print, we are Zero Publishing Company, a limited liability company.
2: Hi. I'm looking to save an in insurance. You don't want to deal with a lot of flippity-flab or mumbo-jumbo.
1: Sounds like you need to name your price.
2: No gobbledygook. Never. Do I still get all the nugget coverage I need?
1: Sure. We give you a quote and you can adjust your price up and down to find something that works for you.
2: This thing is Okie
5: McSmokey Skittley, do
1: Great. I think. Diggity. Oh.
5: Still not sure. The Name Your Price Tool. Only from Progressive. Call or click today.
4: Hello, I'm a Christ follower. And I'm a Christian. What you got there? Oh, just catching up on some reading. <laughs> got some rule books, ethics manuals, and uh, a morality player, too, just for good measure. That's a lot of reading. Yeah, and right on top, I've got my trusty sword. <laughs> King James version. Neatly packaged inside this leather bag. I like the handles. Oh, they're handy. <laughs> Do you want to see my bumper sticker collection? Sure. I uh, ran out of room on my car. Wow. Uh, Those are clever. Thanks. So what do you wear to display your Christianity? Uh, Well, nothing, I guess. I don't know. I I just try to follow Christ in the way I live my life. I don't feel like I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. I have to wear my heart on my sleeve, as it were. Are you mocking me? Are you mocking me? Cut it out. Cut it out. I'm a big dork. I'm a big dork. Oh.
0: Alright, welcome back to Zero of the Day with Pastor Lorenzo Neal I, Again, I really want to appreciate all that you guys have been doing to support. Call in 917-388-4293 Get on the line for us We want to hear what you have to say about this comment. And uh, again, remember if, oh, if you ever miss a show, a live show you can always call in You can always catch a broadcast uh, You can always catch an uh, archive broadcast on uh, com. Or www. dot com. You can you can catch an archive story. Uh and uh, you know plenty of shows going back all the way to June since we started the show and we get better and better.
4: <laughs>
0: Joining us uh, in the broadcast, we're talking about is your pastor a predator? And how can you know if your pastor's a predator? Some you you, you we we you know we hide easily and um i I think a lot of us know our pastors our ministers uh clergy persons we know are predators uh we either choose to ignore it or we're just too afraid to address it and in probably in most cases, the last part we you know the latter we're we're too afraid to address it uh but the reality is that uh it is a serious issue. We we have preachers who are actually taking advantage of their members, and not only are they taking advantage of them, you know, they're 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 causing, they're they're really damaging their Christian faith. In most cases, and in, in, in particular when it comes to a sexual relationship, you have those oh those women. Uh, that they don't know what you know. They feel they take blame, and they are always trying to wonder. And mind you, these are adults. I'm not talking about the children because the children are innocent victims. Nine times out of ten, you know, they didn't they didn't instigate the relationship, and they you know it, it's they are overtaken by uh, the adult predator. But in the case of uh, adult people, men and women, where uh, adult uh, people are, are being abused and uh, you know taken advantage of. It, it, it's something that's that that needs to be addressed and brought forth uh brought to the light. And uh I, I gotta call her so we're talking about is your pastoral predator, so uh caller. Uh, yeah, let me get you on the air. I know who you are. Go ahead. Hello, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Ah, how you doing? I'm glad you called I'm in. Okay. Oh, and,
5: I'm okay. Oh, I'm okay.
0: That's good. What's your insight on the uh, on this subject here? About is your pastor a predator? Uh, Can you tell if your pastor predator? I know your your pastor. (laughs) Praise God, your pastor probably is not. Well, is not. Uh, But I'm quite. I'm sure you probably know of heard or have heard those who prey on their members. Yes, I have heard of um,
5: situations as as that but in my uh situation my uh pastor is not a um predator. Um as a matter of fact, um he's an apostle and he operates in an apostolic ministry so he's always on his face before God and um he ha- you have to be cautious um in doing so when you're praying on uh people like that because you not only are you um you losing a certain spirit within your church, and then you are wondering why your church is dealing with all kind of seductive behavior and stuff like that is because you allow that spirit to come in through the the head, you know, and that's what I have to say on 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 that issue.
4: You you know
0: what you you make a good point. You make you make a great point. Uh, uh, if if you if 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 that's true, it it, it goes from. From the head, so if your pastor, if if your pastor a predator, it could tra- it, it could go on down to the members, and, and they could end up you know going out and and, and becoming. Now it doesn't always have to be like that, but I, I'm, I'm you know that spirit, I guess you could say, that it spirit
5: transfers. Yes, sir.
0: Can tran- yes, sir. Uh, Yeah, it can. It can transfer. It, it it can. It can get on. And you know, I I think about, and and you know, uh, a lot of people take on the personality of their pastors uh yes. sometimes you know uh or, or or uh pastors take on the personality of their overseers or their bishops or whoever it is yes. you know and if you know they try to imitate that lifestyle they try to imitate what they what they see and even if it yes. is the most corrupt of behaviors they still try to do it
5: yes correct correct
0: yeah, well, you know, uh, like like I said, I, I know your pastor <laughs> uh, is, is a wonderful man of God. So, yeah, it, it, but there there are other past there are uh, uh, pastors who take advantage of members in various ways not not just uh, not just in not just in a sexual way, but uh, uh, think about financially. Think about those who. And I don't know why my answer machine went off while I'm in the middle of broadcast. <laughs> uh, uh, but those who take advantage of their members, when it comes to money, uh, think about all, you know, we talk about the pool pit pimps all the time. You know, the ones who got the big stuff. You got, I, I'm, right. I'm far from, I am far from it. My God, I'm far from it. But think right. about all those who, who, they they you know, they live luxurious li- luxurious lives. Off the backs of their members, and they're always begging for more. Yeah, that's, right. You know? that's, that's praying. Right. That's that's preying on them. And, and they that's know correct. the members. They know, especially when you're in a congreg- For example, you know, congregation like mine. I don't have a lot of members, but but God, you know, can you imagine me trying to take advantage of the 10, 12, 15, 30 people that may come to my church regularly because I want to live a, a a fancy life or the champagne life, right. or <laughs> all of this? But there, there's a lot that's going on like that.
5: Yes, well look pre- I totally agree,
0: uh-huh. well, I appreciate your call. I'm glad you called in um i right, I'm gonna take a quick break and close out the show. Thanks for calling oh uh,
5: okay, you're welcome.
0: I right, take this one quick break and Actually, you know what? I better not take a break. I think I might as well just keep on because I only have a few more minutes left in uh, in the live show. Now, again, if you missed the live show, get in on the blog. Uh, get on the archive show, catch that, and uh, share your insights uh, because we want to. We really want to know your 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 ideas. But uh, there's always restoration, even if. For the worst, there's that there, you can be restored, uh, but uh, when it comes to that, when it, when it comes when it comes to restoration, the church has not been good at it, and uh, uh, those people who have been abused by clergy, uh, taken advantage of by clergy, or by the church, not just clergy. I, I'm speaking of pastors uh, particularly, but you know, church folk know how to you know they prey on church folk too. The weak and the vulnerable and uh got a clip here from ted haggard if you remember ted haggard you know he's one of the he's the pastor uh, from colorado fell from grace i guess you could say <laughs> you know but um uh, he had a particular public uh public exposure and uh he recently did an interview and he talked about uh talk about the church and restoration i play this clip real quick and uh, uh we'll talk about a little bit more about it yeah, as soon as i can pull it up
3: oh. nobody believes that everybody knows everybody sins okay the differentiation between the church and everybody else is that we should respond with restoration, healing, hope, life to people's sin condition, to our sin condition, but we're losing that right now. And so what happened to me was I saw um, Martha Stewart get restored. I saw Michael Vick get restored. I saw um, Tiger Woods get restored. I saw David Letterman get restored by their organizations none of which say they believe in forgiveness, love, or restoration. And then I saw Jimmy Swaggart, who's been living fine for over 20, 25 years now since his scandal, and the church still hates him. And then I looked around at some of the others, and I thought, the church does not believe the Bible, we market the Bible. The church only believes in forgiveness and restoration for insignificant people because we can market it. The NFL is doing a better job at it. CBS is doing a better job at it. Kmart is doing a better job at it. Virtually every institution on earth is demonstrating that they're doing a better job restoring people than the church. And we're the only ones that market that we know how to do it. We are idiots we are hypocrites
0: Now he, he made some very interesting points there about uh the role of the church and, and why why are we talking about this when you're talking about predators in the church pastors who prey on people you cannot forget the victim you always have to remember that there's always a victim and in most cases the pastor ends up becoming the victim and the victim, him or herself, ends up becoming the the evil person there have been countless times where where people have ratted out the pastor, told the pastor's business and and the members got mad at that member for telling the pastor's business. you know the pastor abused them, the pastor misused funds, mishandled funds the pastor is doing things that are not godly and the pastor all of that. Uh and the reality is, you know, and and what happens is when that person, you know, when that that is brought to the light, what is dark is brought to the light, the people get angry. And and, and and Ted makes a good point here. Uh think about all the celebrities. <laughs> the celebrities who get caught up in all kinds of hell, all kinds of sin, all kinds of embarrassing things, and how quick the public is at least. Appears to be how, how quick a p- the public appears to restore them, and and, and he, he talked about David Letterman. You know, David Letterman admitted, admitted to having an affair, and somebody was trying to blackmail him. And you know, he made a, a public spec. You know, he mocked himself. It was serious matter. He, he he got serious about it for a minute, but uh, you know, the public like okay, you know, big deal, big whoop, and we all know about what happened with Tiger and and. Of course, Tiger's situation was different, and uh, the, uh, the public still has not been too quick to forgive or restore. And uh, you know, the list could go on and on. We, you know, you could talk about Charlie Sheen and or Lindsay Lohan, and all these you know, all these 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 celebrities who get second, third, fourth, fifth, and infinite chances. You know, but the victim in when it comes to a predator in the church, they're cast out, they're uh, ostracized, yeah, and, and and they're defellowshipped. <laughs> they they get the left hand because they, nobody wants to give them the right hand of fellowship, and it's a sad case that things like that happens, but um, it's a reality that it is happening. So what do you do? How do you confront that? How do you address it? Uh, what do you what do you say to the preacher who is being supported by their bishop or their overseer when they're you know they're blatantly involved in sin? What do you say? Uh, what do you say to the to the to the member who has to go to counseling because uh, of, of the, the vulnerability uh, because of all the pain, the hardship, and the, all the stuff that they're experiencing? What what do you say to them? How do you minister to them? What do you do? That's the question. That's what we want to answer. And you'd be surprised How many people Don't want to answer that question What do you do Well of course you're going to pray Praying is you know, Praying is only right But you need to go to your neighbor You need to go The Bible says that If you see someone overtaken in the fall You go to them But you take yourself into consideration Lest you fall into that same temptation And I, I, I just know that so many people uh, We let those people who are in that, involved in that kind of thing, continue, and and before long, you know, before long it gets out of hand until it becomes like an Eddie Long, you know, Eddie Long did just that stuff didn't just happen overnight. This is a, you know, this this was created over, over a period of time, and over a period of time, uh, this man had improper relationships, and mind you, it doesn't matter what you know, hey, he settled. It's in his mind, in the minds of his accusers, is over and done with. But reality is, you know, they still got to deal with it now. But what about that pastor that's not Eddie Long? What about the pastor who, you know, got the storefront church? The storefront church. <laughs> he don't want his member to marry some people. Yeah. And the Bible talks about that. He said that in the last days, they're going to be pastors, they're going to be preachers, they're going to be people telling you forbidding to marry. Yeah, and for whatever reason it might be, they're gonna be saying, Don't marry this woman. Don't don't do it to this person. And that kind of stuff is is happening in the church. You know, it it you ain't gotta be big to have to fall from grace, you know that the term we use. You ain't gotta be big for that to happen. You don't have to be big, you know, be uh big to pray to be a predator. It happens in the small church, it happens in the large church. There is no there is no dividing line for this. So what do we do? Uh, how do we handle it? You know, I, I think as pastors we need to be more accountable, and, and, and as pastors not only do we need to be more accountable, but we need to be a little bit more transparent. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with telling folks that you got some problems and some issues. Now in our in our church, the AME Church, we uh, we are required by law, by church law, for those who are entering ministry, you have to have a psychiatric Psychiatric evaluation before you even go, you know, before you start, while you're in the process. You need to go through that process because, uh, you know, they want to make sure that you are uh, psychologically ready, prepared to handle the call of ministry. And so many people, so many people have gone into the ministry and they, they, you know, they they start a church, they pastor a church, uh, they do all this stuff. And they end up taking advantage of people because, for example, you know, they want the church to grow. So what are they going to do? They're going to make sure everybody does and when what they want them to do. And when they don't do what they want them to do, well, you know, they start getting, you know, preaching from the pulpit, you know, preaching, preaching business from the pulpit. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I can't tell you the number of times I've been in churches where the pastor, you could tell the pastor was mad at somebody. Because he's talking about something that has nothing to do with, you know, it ain't blessing. He's talking about you ain't got no business doing that. You ain't got no business. And it's not dealing with sin. He's talking about, you know, issues in the church. You know, you ain't got no business. You're supposed to follow the head, blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, again, you know, there's a place for that. But I'm talking about those who take advantage. You know, you, you're mad at some member because the board won't give you a raise. So what are you going to do? You're going to preach about the board members. In your sermon. Uh, A woman don't want to have sex with you. So what are you going to do? You're going to preach about the woman in your sermon. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. And and, and then there are those those pastors who try to control people's lives. They try to tell them what to wear. It's almost like a cult. You can wear this, but you can't wear that. Now, and I'm not talking about, you know, legalism you know, in the Pentecostal apostolic tradition. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those who claim to be free from those traditions, free from all of that stuff, still want people to behave a certain way, still want them to conform to what they want to conform. That's that's a predator. And believe it or not, so many of those preachers, uh, or those people, are and predating our uh, predators well look i i i appreciate you joining in the show I, i've really gone over my time and i i just want to say i i always love sharing the, uh with you guys and i, I love when y'all share and i appreciate you again